blessing on an emerging generation of kings. Okay, so quickly, I think that one of the things I've discovered about this series in particular is that it would appear as though every message I've preached ought to be a series in kind of itself. Um, I don't think anybody has gotten that idea because, like, it's not just the easiest thing to to unpack all of the different details at once, right? It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do that. So, what I want to recommend, because, yeah, these things are important, what I want to recommend is, please go on your own personal journey. Study by yourself. Study by yourself. It is very essential. It's very important. Let me say it again that some people here, in fact, most people, yeah, my estimation or my, um, my lead is that many people, even in kings, may not fully grasp the things I'm sharing. When I say grasp, I'm not saying you will not understand. You will understand because you have a spirit of understanding. I'm saying you may not know how important um, these things are in terms of application. So, whenever I study that, there are two approaches you can have. You can have the approach of, oh, well, I've tried, I'm listening, you know, good message for the records. Or you can have the approach of, oh, wow, for God's sake, I inspired my pastors to do this. This must be quite important to my destiny. And because it's important to my destiny, I'm going to treat it not just like any other message. Please confirm for me that we're not stuck on YouTube because it looks like the image is frozen. Okay. Right? I'm not just going to look at it like any other message. I'm going to pay attention to it. Now, let me tell you what many of us might have forgotten about kings. Um, so one of the things that we're going to do more of this year is that we're going to do more orientation. And as well for civil service members, we're supposed to have had a meeting, but on the 25th, of Jan of February, where we're supposed to have our, our first live workers meeting uh, last Saturday, February, but then election, and election, and this, and all of those kind of things. All right, thanks. YouTube is fine. But one of the things that we have to do over and over again as kings is to remind ourselves that we are different. Let me, please, let me ask that the generation is rising. Now, we should remind ourselves that we are different, okay? Um, and that difference is not from the premise of arrogance or from the premise of superiority. It's from the premise of what we represent in the body of Christ, right? Now, every ministry has a unique flavor and a unique assignment. Please stop disturbing me. Every flavor, every ministry has a flavor and a unique assignment, right? So it's important for you to know what your house, the house you're planted in, stands for. When you look through the Bible, you're going to see Moses, the family of Moses, the priests and the prophetesses. Aaron, Moses, 
Miriam, one was a prophetess, one was a prophetess, right? One was a priest, one was, was in the family. When you look at the family of Timothy, they were a family known for faith. Eunice, Lois, Timothy, and the pastor of the other fishing men, right? When you look at the family of uh, Joseph, there was nationhood, right, in their bloodstream, such that even when Joseph was a slave, that calling, let me know if you're following, if you're following, I, I say this all the time, you guys can borrow it from you too. See, let me know that you're following, by either dropping the comments, or by listing the points, or by picking out the things that stand out for you, in the comments, okay? The, the calling on Jacob's family was so strong, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob was so strong that even when Joseph was in Egypt, he still took on a national assignment. Because God allocates responsibilities and resources based on family. As it is physically, so it is when it comes to spiritual families. So, one of the major um, assignments of kings is to be able to articulate the manifold wisdom of God and to be able to display it on many levels. That is very important. Okay? That is very important. Let me give those of you are saying, well, follow my friend, that's great too. But one of the ways to follow is to repeat what I'm saying in the comments. Okay? Because you know, we're following someone can just copy it and replace it. Following, copy it. It's true now, isn't it true? <laughs> I would have designed this online world together, right? The points, or maybe talk about how. So, for those who don't know a map, you're familiar with this, but I'm going to be launching this book as my birthday gift to the world that is being exclusively for members of Kings for the last few years. Now I'm going to be using it for the rest of the world. And um, part of why I need to make use of this is part of our assignment as kings to articulate the wisdom of God for the church in them as well. But if you listen truly with your heart and with your spirit, you will know that every series is as good as a course, is as good as a curriculum that can, like, Millions of people can go through occupational series. Millions of people can go through empires. Millions of people can go through lots of things. BDSM is a whole course. It can be institutionalized. And so, in my 40s, as I step into it in two days, part of my major assignments will be to begin to crystallize what some people may just despise or despise or look down on as another good message. I'm going to turn them into resource material that people across the world will be licensed to be able to, you know. And the reason I'm saying this is that the human mind adapts, right? And what that adaptation can be good, but it can also lead to familiarity, right? It can lead to familiarity. What does that mean? If you're used to getting a certain level of death every Sunday and every Wednesday, you'll get to a point where you already expect, so you take things for granted. It's not from the premise of you want to be disrespectful. And it's not from the premise of you want to be wicked. It's just that you're becoming 
Move fear. Okay? So you want to, the reason I'm going through this long fear is that some of the things I'm going to teach you tonight are, you know, the Bible says, blessed are you for your eyes have seen and your ears hear, right? Then, Many members of the body of Christ will not come into it alive. They're not going to another five years. So please don't despise those things. Okay? Don't look down upon them and don't get caught up in um, all the distractions of your generation. Alright, Father, thank you for wisdom, revelation, knowledge. Thank you for understanding capacity to be able to access your eternal truths. Thank you for the ongoing operation of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the breath of life upon our minds and upon our hearts, illuminating us and filling us with joy in increasing proportions. So, Lord God, we thank you because you will take of the Father and you will give to us. You will take of your eternal truths and you will break it down in ways that we can begin to use it from today in the name of Jesus. That I come against anybody who might be pressed down, weighed down by life. I come against every burden that might be upon them, every weight that might be upon them, every challenge, every limitation, every form of cruelty or complication. And I proclaim that you are free to not only listen, but to hear, to not only hear, to understand, not just to understand, but to absorb, not just to absorb, but to be able to assimilate and to apply accordingly. Father, we give you praise that confusion is obliterated and that we have illumination beyond that which any human or any school can impart upon us. We give you all the praise, our Father. In Jesus' name, we have praise. Somebody say amen. Real quick, just to make sure that we are progressing and applying the word, tell me one thing you have done with the teaching from Wednesday and with the teaching from today. So uh, last Wednesday we spoke about drag queens, and we spoke about puppets, right? We spoke about goats. And then on Sunday we spoke about uh, prospering and purpose and popular on purpose. Just, just tell me, what's one thing that you have done? What's one thing that you have done? What's one thing that you have done between then and now? Give me What's that one thing that you have done? Because the goal is not to have your notes full. The goal is to have your life changed, right? The goal of my preaching is not for you to be inspired. That's great. You are inspired. The goal of my preaching really is for you to be transformed. For you to be transformed. That's the goal of my preaching. I want you to be transformed. I want you to be empowered. But also want to be transformed. So the inspiration is great. Um, excitement, there's a bonus benefit. But what's that thing that you've done? Because if you're not doing anything with it, it's either you really didn't understand it or you don't understand the value of it or you're missing something when it comes to applying it. Let's go where our time is far spent. So let us go. What's that one thing you've done? What's that one thing you've expressed, communicated?
Four. All right, I hope people can hear me. Okay, so there is a heightened consciousness about possible puppet sharing areas of my character and knowing the trigger points. All right, beautiful. Tennis says, reminding myself the purpose that the purpose of my redemption is to dominate dominion, right? Dominion is the purpose of redemption. You're not just redeemed so that you can rejoice. You are redeemed so that you can be licensed to rule because redemption gives us license to rule. <laughs> has helped me to take further steps to study more in my field, understand responses and obligations, not a truck, the responsibilities that you have. Think about maybe um, five years from now, ten years from now, where your parents dependent on you from many of us, it turns out to be that your children want to go to training schools, whether it's Metroverse Secondary School, Metroverse International College, MIC, whatever it is. So prosperity for many of us is an obligation, not an option. Good point. The part about not comparing myself with other stars, but learn from that, very important. I began to observe better people, I guess, observe people better around me. Take notes about how they do things. Basically, learn how to be better. Good stuff. Not be intimidated to be environmentally Awesome. My note, my prosperity is for God's purpose. Absolutely. I began to learn more about the truth so I will be more aware of what's supposed to be and not the perverted things the kingdom of the earth has created. Also added to my daily affirmation that I'm prospering for this now. Let me question of something. There is no kingdom of the earth. There are kingdoms on earth. But the Bible never says the kingdom of the earth has become the kingdom of God. It says the kingdoms of this world, because there is a difference between earth, absolutely teaching, there's a difference between earth and world. Earth is the hardware. Earth is the hardware. World is the software. World is the software. And so when the Bible says, uh, come out of them and be, be different, it's not saying come out of the earth. Otherwise, it's mean that someone in the entire might be different. It's saying come out, come out of the world, which means extrapolate yourself from the world systems. Now, what's the word the world? It's the word cosmos, a great word. It's the word cosmos. And the word cosmos, right, is the root of the cosmology or cosmetology or cosmetic. So cosmos essentially means something that is not real, something that is not originally so, right? It's like a makeup. Oh, come on, somebody follow this. So the cosmos, that's the systems of the world, is the fake version of what God had in mind for the earth to look like. It's like you going to a place and then seeing Gucci instead of Gucci, right? You're seeing Gucci instead of Gucci. You're seeing Devlon instead of Devlon. You're seeing 
daily sustenance you're seeing Elizabeth Arden, so Elizabeth Arden, right? It's caustic, it's not real, it's synthetic, it's not organic. Let me know if you're following. Right? Let me know if you're following. So, that's, that's the cosmos. And so almost everything that you see on earth is a function of sickness. This is why when they want to penetrate certain things, they put lights or they put cosmetics, right? They put cosmetics, things that are not synthetic. The heavens are synthetic. The earth was created synthetic. But man fell, and you're going to see what's cosmetics. That's adding a layer of what is not a part of you on something, right? So when you see when man fell, what did man do the moment he fell? He took fig leaves and he covered himself. That was the beginning of cosmetics. That was the beginning of makeup. That was the beginning of cosmetics. Now, you, you need to get it. Now, I'm not saying don't wear power that they shall do. Even though he that dwells in the secret place of most high shall abide under the rock. Shadow. Every believer needs to be high on God's shadow. Okay? Um, whether I shadow or not. So when I was, in fact, the, the first person that started cosmetics was a man, was not a woman. And that was Adam. Right? They took fig leaves and they covered themselves. They covered themselves. That's why you notice when Jesus dies on the cross, he stripped of everything cosmetic. He died naked on the cross. Because God was saying, I'm starting a new order that is not going to be based on your cosmetology. It's going to be based on the redeemed theology. Are we here now? That's important. Yeah? So think about that. Now, because of that, that cosmetic idea, that cosmetic ideology, almost everybody who is trying to be great according to man's system is being cosmetic. So when the politician, I'm going to talk about this shortly, when the politician comes with his campaign strategy, so today we're talking about platforms, we're talking about politics, power play, uh, providing pleasure for the audience of one, viewers. So what I'm most likely going to do is that in the next year, a year after, the year after, I'm going to take each of the topics, right, like that puppet one, each of the topics, and they go through a series by themselves so that you can get into the depth of it because many of us don't know why certain things um, play into the answer of the job. So let me give you an example. For some of us, the, the, cosmetic, the cosmetics behind our lives is not what we wear on our faces. It's how you doctor things on your CV. You're putting costs you've not taken. You're putting achievements that you only have in the realm of your mind. Oh, can I talk now? Somebody shout, it's cosmetic! It's cosmetic, right? Um, I don't want to go there too much, too much, but when you see uh, uh, the whole industry, this cosmetic industry, where people now wear, have to wear three cups, cup sizes bigger than what they were born with, right? Three cups, four cups, as if it's cups of rice and cups of beans. Three cups, four cups, in fact, he cups, he cups, H E C U P S. 
hiccups of milk. Now, I'm not saying that you can't open what God has given to you, right? But when you do it, <laughs> but when you do it, and your whole purpose is to mislead or to dissuade or to awaken what I'm saying. It's the same thing, I mean, and this prosperity thing happens not only with believers, even amongst pastors. So a pastor will tell you that they had a conference and they had 5,000 people there. But you know that hall, that that hall at full capacity, it sits only 800. If they put overflow, it sits 300. If they sit on the roof, they will add higher extra 200 chairs. From whence cometh the extra 3,800 people that thou countest? My Lord, <laughs> so are we seeing now? <clears throat> this is important. This is important because the whole world, the Bible says, Jesus says, the whole world lies in wickedness. Let me let me show you that. But I'm sorry, everybody getting something already. And all of us have those areas where we are either cosmetologists. Or we have been cosmetologists, or we have a tendency to be cosmetic, to be cosmetic. I don't know cosmetic. First John chapter five verse nineteen. Follow this. First John chapter five and verse nineteen. See what it says now. Let me take it from verse eighteen. We know that whoever is born of God does not embrace a lifestyle of sin. But he who has been born of God, what does he do? He keeps himself. Now, many of us when we think about he keeps himself, I mean, just say, ah, you're a virgin, oh, keep yourself, oh, Mary as a virgin. Oh, that's a level but see that's not the that's not the deepest part of it the deepest part of it is states in which god has created or made you when somebody changes himself from being masculine to being feminine god said you know i want to use your gifts um to feed and then the person said, i don't know what's going now is oil and gas the person is really not keeping himself the person is adding optics. Somebody say cosmetic. Right? It says, uh, Verse 19. We know that we are of God. And the whole world... The whole world lies under the sway of. I don't feel bad that the image is frozen. I don't know why I did that. Another one says, The whole world lies in wickedness. Now, what's the sway? The sway, I wish. Okay, let me know if you can see me now because I'm moving my hands. The sway means that you're moving in rhythm, in sync, in accordance, in harmony, in harmony, in sync. Right? Can you hear me now? So that puppet thing we spoke about last week, it says the whole world, that's what it says. The whole world, not part of the world, not, not the Asiatic part or the African part or the Eurasian part or the white part. No, it says the whole world, the whole world lies in wickedness. 
life under the sea of the wicked one, which means that anything that is worldly is under the domain of the devil. Now, whenever something is worldly, what is happening is that that thing looks like this world. It looks like this world. It does not look like the world beyond this world. That is, that thing is synthetic. Now, if you know anything about science, you will understand that the more synthetic something is, the more dangerous it tends to be. So, for example, many of us will eat very unhealthy chicken. Isn't ch chicken generally can be a tax and an issue? But then, when you are not eating what they call a Greek, does anybody know what Yorubas call a Greek? Not agriko, a Greek. The fowl, the chicken, the, orga the uh, natural, the organic one, the thoroughbred ones, yeah. They may not be as fluffy, they may not be as fat and, and fleshy, but they are the more nutritious and they are the safer things to eat. The moment they begin to inject them, they call them genetically modified species. When they begin to inject them, what are they injecting them with? Cosmetology, cosmetics. When they begin to inject them, right? Inject and inject and inject. You know what happens? What happens is that those fowls, those chickens, they can grow faster, right? The genetically modified. They can grow faster, but they can also kill faster. Oh, somebody help me now. Help me now. It seems like YouTube is freezing. Okay. Yes. They, they can get easily uh, poisonous. They become toxic. And the more you inject them... Sorry, my, my laptop seems to be giving different signals out. The screen is not about to give up, give up. Seeing all these weird things on the screen. Looks like the screen, no, I think the screen is having issues. Thank you. It's stabilized. So, are we getting the analogy now? The natural one, the natural one. It may be smaller. It may not look as big. Somebody, I wanted to please type this down. I would rather have natural God-given progress than cosmetic worldly achievement. I would rather have my God-given process progress. That's the natural one than have the cosmetic sense of success. Rather have that. Rather have that. And see, what happens is most human beings we inflate. So we inflate figures. We inflate our titles. We inflate. That's what the Bible says. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. In other words, don't inject yourself. What about all these other chickens? Apart from just what do you call them? Because there's a, a journalist, is it? Not boilers. Now, those chickens, because they are fossils, so instead of chickens, take maybe 12 weeks to develop. 
This month, within four to six weeks, boom, we've already grown. And let me say, tell you this now, that is what the enemy offers many people in the world today. What the enemy offers many people is the toxin-filled success. So people just blow, explode, expand, increase rapidly, and then they seem to be waiting for a short while. But after a while, you discover that not only are they poisoned, they are also poisonous. Not only are they themselves poisoned, they are also poisonous. So that's why you notice that many stars in the world are literally shooting stars. They are not shining stars. Somebody say, I'm a shining star, not a shooting star. What's shooting star? It blazes quickly. Boom! And I can mention those in Nigeria. Now, I'm not saying everybody who, whose name I'm about to mention um, is wrong or demonic or devilish. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that this whole stardom and same thing can be fleeting. How many of you remember there's a guy called Mood 9? Mood 9. Anybody remember Blackface? Anybody remember Faze? Anybody remember Mood Shedder? Anybody remember Sasha? Anybody remember... Uh, yeah. You remember all these things? At the time, at the moment in time, they seemed like if they told you, who do you want to be like? Five years from now. Who do you want to be like seven years from now? I mean, I remember Michael Jackson as a little boy. Michael Jackson was a rave. Was such a massive, a big deal. How about MC, uh, uh, MC Hammer? How about Chris Cross? How about, um, what are these boys? These boys, they sing R&B. Right? How about Shaggy? How about Nelly? Oh, Style Plus. Come on, help me now. Yes, Westlife. Ah, no, you, you got it. Yeah, those boys. Westlife. How about Cisco Unleashing the Dragon? You have all those people who have passed, right? Jesus said, he said, the world is passing away. Why? Cosmetics fade. Have you noticed, women, that at the end of the day, your powder has faded, but your nose has not disappeared? Have you noticed that your blush has been brushed away, but your lips have not disappeared. Have you noticed? Right? Have you noticed that? Because cosmetics always fade. Come on now. Tell, talk to me now. I'm not saying all the ways are people as we are going, I want to wear makeup. That's not that same. I'm using the physical makeup as a metaphor for your mind. Now, I hope it's working. Yeah, you will use wipes to wipe it away. Right? At the end of the day. But is anyone there saying, ah, my nose, let me wipe my nose away. You don't do that. Well, it's, it's organic. It's not synthetic. You can not say, let me wipe out my eyelids. Let me wipe out my teeth. Even if you don't like certain parts of your body, you live with them. Because you were born with them. Right? And maybe over time, there are things you can do about one or two parts without looking weird. <laughs> you might explore that. But are you seeing what I'm saying? So, the cosmetics behind mankind makes him a fake and a phony. And so what happens ever so often is that we find ourselves in political systems, in power plays, and that, oh God, there are many believers in power plays. There are people in churches in power play. You know, people want to be the ones to lead the prayer, or the ones to preach, or the ones to help the pastor, or the ones to be around the pastor's wife, or the ones to 
do this to be the head of the committee and head of that. We thank God for how God has helped us in Kings to ensure that if that ever happens, it's very minimal and you, and it's not the, the atmosphere does not support that. But many of you grew up in churches, or you heard your parents talk about church, or maybe family members, or certain series about the power please. Don't forget what I told you. The enemy doesn't mind getting to you, even if he uses a religious uh, vessel. Right? A religious vessel. <laughs> yeah? So, let us keep looking at First John chapter 5. It said, whoever is born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. What does that mean? That when somebody becomes, the more cosmetic you become, the more predisposed you are to being touched by the wicked one. Why? The wicked one exists. Or rather, uh, the wicked one has license to cosmetology, to cosmetics. The wicked one has a license to be touched. Right? I'll share another thing. Um, the Bible says that they were to bring an offering, Cain and Abel, and then, you know, Cain, he brought the stuff that doesn't have blood, the crops of the earth. That's what he brought. But Abel, he brought bloody stuff. Now, blood speaks about life, and blood speaks about authenticity, right? For blood to be shed, for an animal to be presented, that animal literally had to die. Literally had to die. That's, that is reflective of the redemptive purpose of God that without the shedding of blood there will be no remission of sins. However, what many people do is that we want to be so synthetic, so synthetic. So everyone asks you how you're doing, you say you're doing better than you're doing. When everyone asks you what your real thoughts are, you paint those thoughts because you don't want somebody to be upset or somebody to be disappointed that you are thinking that way or that you feel about, come on, I'm not talking to somebody right now. <laughs> talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Yes, the wicked one has license to cosmetic characters. Right? But that's not where I'm going. It says we know that we are of God. Uh, the whole world lies under the sea the wicked one. Now, let me land with this one. Verse 20 has come. What has he come to do? He has come and given us an understanding that we may know him who is what? This is verse 20 now. We may know him who is what? I'm taking it. That's great. Well, you finish this message. You finish copying things that are copying. Right? Verse 20. We know the Son of God has come, and He has come to give us what? And understand that we may know Him who is true. So, what is saying is that the only true person inside this whole world is who? Who's the only true person? Who's the untainted? Now, I'll tell you why. Who's the untainted? Who's the unpadded? Who's the one that does not inflict figures? Who's the one that does not embellish his achievements? Who's the one who's never had a bad intention, a bad motive, a bad desire? Who's the one? That we may know him who is true. There's no other in this context, in this 
in this uh, verse. You got to follow the verse. Jesus Christ, the Son. And there's a reason he's referring to him and not to the Father. He's referring to the Son because the Son has lived in the flesh. The Son has been predisposed to the charges of the flesh. The Son has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet it says that when we look at the Son, we gain an understanding because what the Son of God has come to do is not just give us salvation. That's what most believers thought. But verse 20 says, And we know the Son of God has come and has given us what? And understanding. Then we know what is true, who is true, and we are in Him who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So he's saying that if you're going to express the life of God, you cannot say, I don't want to be cosmetic. You cannot say, I don't want to be synthetic. No. You say, I want to know Jesus. Because Jesus is the one, and I will show you, I'll prove it from the, from the word. Jesus is the one who not only strips us of our cosmetic uh, patterns, but he's the one who gives us the authentic. I'll show you from scripture, but let me show you. Someone's like, oh, Pastor, I'm not a pretender. Then go for your life. Put your hands. I'm not a hypocrite. Glory to Jesus. You're right. But when I say cosmetics, I'm not just talking about, about you trying to intentionally lie. I'm talking about things like coping mechanisms that you have developed over time. Right? So when you say things like, I'm not just a loud person, I'm a quiet person. And if you are to search it very well, you might discover that when you were growing up, you used to lend your voice a lot, and then they shut you down. And so now, your cosmetics for maintaining a sense of self or propriety is, let me not people talk. Because if I talk, they'll shut me down. Somebody follow what I'm saying now. Maybe someone said, I'm, me, I'm, not, I'm not called to the ministry of giving. No, you are selfish. That's the issue. Don't party. Don't say, I'm not called to be a missionary. I don't want to be missionary map. I'm not called to ministry. You are cosmetics. Cosmetics are anything that will layer on top of our authentic selves in Christ. And let me tell you, your first dab of cosmetics did not start with you. It started with your caregivers. The moment they began to say, ah, nose like daddy, mouth like mommy, belly like grandpa, leg like grandma, they start putting cosmetics to you. And so you grew up with an understanding, with the ideology that I look like this person or that person. And if I'm going to be accepted, I need to be like this. And many of us were good at studying, but we studied the wrong person. We studied the person we wanted to be like because people like that person. So we thought if we came across more like that person, oh, come on now. Are we here? Now, most of people can all above on you. People are above on all of us. But I'm saying we will begin to um, look so longingly, so admiringly at somebody else's life that we now take on their nuances and their persona, yes, at the expense of who God has made. Is somebody, somebody getting light to me? So let me give you an example. When I send them out to preach, or when I send out preaching, technically I send them out to preach from home, but... When I get done to public preaching, now there's a difference between, like I said, people rubbing off on you, and you copying somebody or mimicking somebody, either knowing or unknowingly, 
because the thing what they're doing is watching. So let me give an example. So as exists by a number of preachers, of course, Pastor Paul, um, and then Bishop T.D. Jakes, and Bishop Noel Jones. Some of you might remember Bishop Noel Jones, but most of you should know Bishop T.D. Jakes. And I just really admired all three of them. I just felt like they were fantastic, amazing, I still feel they are, not only were, but fantastic, amazing communicators, preachers of the gospel, and everything. But, you know, we, we always look for models, and we learn, actually, by looking at models, looking at examples. But we shouldn't get stuck at examples or modify our lives just based on examples. So I would listen to Bishop Tidjiks and Bishop Noel Jones. I guess what I said thinking about myself is, I know one of them preach. I feel like Bishop Noel Jones' mind, his ability to analyze, break down, investigate, pull the text, break it down. I really, really love that. Bishop Jakes' abilities to use metaphors, word pictures, images, flowery words. I really love that. So I was like, who should I listen more to? I'm telling you my own personal process. Who should I listen more to? So uh, I thought, wow, Bishop T. Jakes is great. No, this is great. Except my voice is not as thick as uh, Bishop T. Jakes' voice. So let me listen more to no, this. So I said, now, by the way, I wasn't doing this consciously. I had to revisit and some of you need to do that because there are some cosmic things you put on yourself that you didn't know what happened but it did happen <laughs> because if you don't reflect a lot you might not notice the patterns in your life and you might not notice the junctures in your life and many of us we don't like to reflect because we don't like what we see when we reflect we don't like to confront what was once true of us because we want to move on without necessarily confronting, as it were, the ugliness of the patterns. Uh, is somebody following this now? So I said, I said this to Bishop Noel Jones a lot. And there was a time, I mean, this many years ago, many years ago, I said, listen to him to the point where I said, sounded like him. <laughs> and other words, I sounded like him. I even had mannerisms like him. And something weird began to happen. I guess my neural patterns were so wired. Now, I literally preach certain messages and certain texts I've never heard him preach, right? And then maybe like three months down the line, or six months down the line, I actually hear that I preach that. So the good thing is, if you model somebody, or you look at somebody as a model, what happens is, what's happening is more than what you are copying. There are things you're not intentionally copying that are jumping on you. That part can be good. The part that is not good, let me tell you the part that is not good, and that's confirmed at some point, is me not feeling like the way I preach now, where I can just be myself, or where I can be spontaneous and this wordplay thing, and this, the humor, and the spontaneity of calling even the middle of the message. This is me. This is this is not something I saw from somebody or from somewhere. And that's why I don't want to copy something that maybe like it's a moment's count. That's why I can, I can create that organically or authentically because I'm not politicking and I'm not being power plate. But at that point, I felt if I did not sound like Noel Jones, I was not preaching as well. Is somebody following what I'm saying? And for me, it's preaching. For you, it could be relationships. It could be finances. It could be your job. There could be somebody at work that you are benchmarking based on modeling. Again, I'm not saying no model people. I always have people I'm looking at at different times in my life. But please look at those people as references, not as replacements. Let the models in your life be references that you can learn from, 
not people you look to to replace your authenticity. A part of why people find me attractive when I say find me attractive, I'm not just talking about like looks and whatever sexual stuff. That's what I'm talking about really. Compared to magnetism, is that I'm operating from my core, not from my cosmetics. Right? And that is very attractive. Why? Because it has a unique pool. It has a unique You're not going to hear another preacher preach like pedants. Now, if you're preaching, we need to can you still capture some nuances of Pastor Paul? Definitely. Some nuances of Bishop Noah Jones, maybe once in a while. Bishop T.D. Jones, maybe the floweriness, right? But the embodiment of who I am, my presentation, in fact, you can read my post without my name on it and say this is post. True or true? So, we must learn to operate from our core and not from our cosmetics. Now, we're beginning to say, time Yeah, yeah, let me run, let me run, let me run. I will get to it. I will get to it. Says that we may understand now, verse 21. Do you know what it says in verse 21? Verse 21 basically just explains that. Verse 21, he says, what does it say? Somebody give it to us. Scream, perform well. <laughs> Resistance. Exactly. So what does it say in verse 21? Little children, do what? Keep yourselves from idols. Why? Idols are the human embodiments of the falsehood the enemy is trying to perpetuate. So when you see move, uh, shows like American Idols, Nigerian Idols, see to the normal person that they are idols, idols. But it's in the Bible. It says, keep yourself from idols. I'm not saying no more on this show, right? Because Daniel and company, they went to the fire, actually. Sorry. Show that we should have been going to the fire. God kept them in the fire. But you must understand what is going on. When people feel like a reality TV show holds the keys to their destinies. When people feel like if I can only meet Don Jazzy, I will be a Don, but they're not Jazzy. Right? When people feel like if I've not met Spurson, he says, keep yourself from idols. And he starts by saying that we must know what is true. Why? Isaiah says, idols are a lie. They are a lie. You cannot become more savage spiritually by dancing like Tiva Savage. The fact that you listen to Beyonce does not mean you go Beyonce. You see? Right? <laughs> it says, keep yourself from idols. Why? The enemy always want to find an idol. Now, what are most idols? An image. I'm about to land. Oh, can I land in 15 minutes? Will be a graven image. An idol will be a graven image. What's a graven image? Something that is cut out to project a certain picture. To project a certain image, to project a certain appeal, it is sculptured. So when you watch those movies, they are sculptured, they are crafted, they are When you watch uh, the, the music videos, there's something they want to see. So they borrow a vintage car. Or you think all the cars in the uh, Kini belong to the person singing? No. I think everybody here is exposed enough to know. Popping the champagne and dancing on the beach and all and all and all. It's an image. It's a graven image. And then before you know it, you begin to get into pseudo idolatry because you are trying to 
to reproduce the idol in your life. Is anybody who can be honest enough to say you've been in a season in your life before where everything you were doing, you were trying to look like somebody? Maybe a senior in school. Why now? Why do we? Why do we go after idols? Because we think they give us an advantage. Come on, talk to me, guys. We think they give us an advantage. We think they give us some kind of immunity. We think they give us some kind. And you see, there is a difference between admiration and idolization. Is that more like idolization? There's a difference between idolatry and admiration. So we can admire, we can deeply affection, affectionate with people. We can deeply admire people. But when we begin to jettison ourselves or despise what God has placed on the inside of us, the enemy then wants us to move from admiration to idolatry. And God says, no, keep yourself. It's your responsibility to keep yourself from idol. Please help me tag somebody right there and say, keep yourself from idols. Tag somebody. Real quick. For time's sake, let me run. I've told that this message is like a series, but let's go. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. Let me show you that. From there, we'll go to Revelation 5 and we'll type D. Daniel chapter 3. Somebody say image. That's why these people, these idols, what do they spend the most of their money on? Thank you, Tiffany, for that. Idolization. Act. So there's no to like admiration. God wants us to admire. God doesn't want us to idolize. Right? Now look at this. Idolization. Act of idolizing, adoring, or worshiping, especially to excess. Especially to excess. Let me tell you what. You don't see a picture. You don't see a picture of what well, people like these days. You, in fact, you see, when we think about idolization, right? We're not just talking about entertainment stars. But some of you, let me use maybe names like Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, Vusi Tenbekiai, I can't remember how you pronounce it. You see all these people? How do they begin to idolatry? You watch their song before you read your Bible. You believe them more than you believe the pastor God gave you. Oh, can I talk now? You celebrate other people more than you celebrate the God in you. When people compliment you, you, you shy away. But when you are complimenting and hyping other people, you do it to an excess. Without accommodating that based on God's provision of grace in your life. Are we getting this now? You all talk to me on Zoom. I'm not feeling Idris in the comments tonight. Bumi, I haven't heard anything from you in the comments tonight. Israel, just the image that is there. Right? The idolizers, these people, and these things, they're, they're images. Now, let's go real quick to Daniel 3. Daniel 3 from the sports, the long one, so I'll just pick and choose. Nebuchadnezzar the king, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? 
Nebuchadnezzar, the king, what did he do? He made an image of gold. And it says that the height of this image was 60 cubits. And it's width, 6 cubits. An image of gold. An image of, this is what a great preacher should sound like. Not necessarily in content, but in articulation or in presentation. This is what a great businessman should look like. Instead of us asking God, what's the image? Write us down. There will always be a battle between the image of God and the image of gold. You will have to choose one. The image of God or the image of gold. You will have to choose one. The image of God or the image of gold. You will have to choose one. Right? The king made an image of gold. We're talking about power play, politics, and pleasure for the audience of one. Okay, you want to choose one? He said, whose height was 60 cubits? Another one says, 90 feet. 90 feet is about 60 meters. That is a huge one. Now, your typical building. Is about nine feet, it's about seven feet actually. Your doorpost typically is about six something or seven. So one floor is about let's even say nine feet. This is about a 10-story building that many families have built. Turn between 10 and 12 stories. Huge, massive, she built it. Please write this down. The devil spends a lot on imaging. The devil spends a lot on imaging. I've covered this in one or two ways before, but I'll teach another time about imaging and the power of imaging. Why does he spend a lot in imaging? Because he knows that he was defeated by the image of God. So much of your battles in life are a battle of images. Whether it's a battle against yourself, a battle against your future, a battle of fear, a battle of addiction, a battle of pain from the past, a battle of something. The reason you struggle with almost anything is because there's a power play in your life. And the, the cards on the table are image-driven. The reason you've not forgiven some people if you have not forgiven certain people is that number one, you don't see yourself in the image of God because in the image of God, all sins are pardoned and forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Another one is you think that you look less of a person if you forgive certain people because your image with them will be one of Dr. Yo. Dr. Moon. You've never given a million dollars before. Most likely... It's the function of your image. You don't see yourself being able to do it. So it's hard. It's difficult. Bound to. <laughs> that you have not succumbed to. That you have not yielded to. That you have not surrendered to. So Nebuchadnezzar wanted to control the worship. He had controlled the economy and the labor. But the highest that God is looking for is not the economy. In fact, it comes after the economy. It's come after the economy because it's a it can be a representation of your worship. What the devil is really looking for is worship. So I'll be like the most high, which means the same way everybody worships the most high, let them worship me. Please let me know if this is good stuff. Let me know in the comments. So see that you have all this massive thing. 90 feet and then 9 feet. So it was like big statue, huge. This was, this was a national project. 
See, now, they use taxpayers' money to task businesses. The enemy will take public funds and try to use it for private worship. Come on now. Come on now. He will use public funds because Nebuchadnezzar used Babylonian treasure. And he began to build this thing so that people could worship it. And by worshiping it, they worship him. Why? I told you that when people are worshiping stars, they are really worshiping the spirits behind them. When people are worshiping a golden image, they are really worshiping the spirits behind that image. When people bow before idols, they are really bowing before the spirit behind the idol. When people worship Jesus, they are really worshiping God in the spirit. And Jesus is the image of God. Come on. Well, I, I wish I could be shouting now. I, I've been way I shout the shouting now. But come on now. Right. Are, are we hearing that? So, so it's all about images. It's all about images. So he set it up. Nine foot. Nine foot. It was in the plane of Dulac. In other words, plain sight. The devil sets up his images in plain sight. He looks for the platforms that will give him the greatest visibility. Believers, why don't we learn from that? Believers, why do you do something big in a small way? Why are you doing something big as if it's small? Why are you not inviting people to life-changing services and messages? Why are you keeping your song only to yourself and your three close friends, two of which are in New Zealand? And one in no man's land. Why do you despise your offering time when the Babalao will carry his offering, his child, or whatever it is, and take it to a platform, Okubupa, Okududu, Okunduswa, whatever, at night, not caring for his reputation, but caring for his agenda, for his mission? Are we here? Is somebody getting this now? This is key, very important, very like super crucial. Imagine he sets in the play. Have you noticed that witchcraft is now we're in plain sight? He set the image in a play. The enemy wants his worship to be visible. So keep on. You see, there's some things that we do here. If you notice, I don't talk a lot. I talk a lot to you guys. I talk a lot to people I really care about. I'm, I mean, I care about the whole world. But I'm saying people I have a sense of destiny connection to. But you see, I, I hardly run online. I hardly analyze to. Why am I not doing that? Because I'm busy building. I'm busy building platforms. Not only for myself, but for my biological family, my spiritual family, for those who are going to come after me. The enemy does not. Have you seen the enemy complaining about how how preachers are preaching too hot? Do you see the enemy complaining? Do you see the devil complaining that oh no, pastors' wives are now too on fire? Oh no, pastors' children are doing too well in school. Oh no, leaders in churches are now very sacrificed. The devil doesn't complain about what you're doing. He's building what he is doing and trying to distract you by getting you to admire his diligence instead of cultivating your own. So people complain, podcasts are this and that. 
okay, he didn't start yours, or maybe he wants to go and start yours without God telling him to go and start. But let's even assume that he didn't start yours. Are you sharing the content of those who are doing their own? Oh, there's too much bad music in the world. Pastor Vicky's music, how many people did he share to? Jason's song, how many people did he share, share with? Is he an evidence of the God you worship on the plain platforms of your life? Is that what image is on the platform of your life? Nebuchadnezzar built the golden image with a full chest. The full chest. He said, This is the image I wanted to worship. What image are you pointing your generation to? Or are we doing power play? Power play, power play, power play. Oh, Motuka has already done it. That was his finish. See, there's, there's one of the challenges with the African person um, is for many. Many of us, we don't think community. We think immunity. Immunity. We think immunity. How can I do it? Many of us don't think about it. So, even though naturally in Africa, we exist in clusters and in communities, we naturally do that. But when I stand in our community, I'm saying galvanizing collective energy in the place. Right? And putting your own personal preference last for the betterment of other people. This is what the church must come. Is somebody following what I'm saying now? Let me tell you what. If you set your mind on helping other people, you will not run out of blessings. You will not. Because God is for people. When it says, let us make man my image, not for his likeness. We're not just talking about man. Fight that man. And I will show you shortly. You know I said earlier, that Jesus removed from cosmetics, right? He gives people synthetic. So, you remember, we don't have enough time to look at all the scriptures. But remember that guy that was blind, was blind and blind and all, all and not. And then, Jesus, what did he do? He starts on the floor and meets it with mud. And he places it on his eyes. And he told that man, go and wash. Now, why did he just... Tell somebody else. Uh, I wish I could preach right now. See, this is a this is a this, this is a preach. Remind me to preach this one day. I'm telling you, you guys are just you you blow away. Why didn't they say go and fetch water? Get someone to give you water and wash your face. Why didn't Jesus himself carry water and wash the guy's face? Why? If we were in a, uh, I have enough time, I would have uh, spoken to you about this or asked you for responses. But let me jump cut to the chase. If Jesus plastered his face with more, why did he use more? Why did he use Pluto? He used original material. Man's body was made from earth. So he went back to the same material. To the same material. Because when God wants to fix you, he doesn't want to look like your healer. He wants you to die. When God fixes you, he doesn't want you to look like your healer. He wants you to look like your maker. The only time you should look like your healer is only if your healer looks like your maker. Are, are we hearing this now? Hmm. I'm going to go with left one. I'm going to do it. 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 So, but see, the other thing there, the other thing there is that it's not just a function of healing the eyes and healing the face. 
He said, go and wash. Jesus says, I'm not giving you a synthetic miracle. I'm not giving you eyeglasses. I'm not giving you eyewear. I'm not giving you shades. I'm not throwing shade at you. I'm giving you original material. But in India, in Mende, he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. What's Siloam? It means tent. Go and wash in your own assignment. No, in other words, see, before this guy was healed, he had to go wherever he was being led, by whoever was available. He went for the highest bidder. He was in the game of politics. It was a function of power play. Who had the greatest power? Many of us are trying to look like the people we think have an advantage of culture, not knowing that what we are copying in the now is already in the past. So the person you're trying to look at is already fading out of God's desire, but you don't know. Oh, Lord, no. Are you following me now? That's why Paul didn't say, follow me forever. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, you have a responsibility to imitate me. I, that I'm saying, imitate me, I have a responsibility to keep imitating, imitating Christ. Don't imitate somebody who's not imitating anybody. And then you take somebody who's imitating the wrong body. Right? All of us are still a work in progress. All of us. All. And I will say over and over and over again, does not mean you are above mistakes, but it means that you don't miss your stake in spite of your mistakes. Now, let me tell you, let me land. Hmm? When you get to the pool called scent, he said, what about washing the pool? What are you going to wash in the pool? I feel the glory of God. What are you washing the pool? You go wash your eyes in the pool. When you wash your eyes and you begin to see, what's the first thing you're going to see? Yourself for the first time through your lens, through the mirrored surface of the water that does not have prejudices, does not have biases, does not have conjectures, does not have connotations, colorations, cultural nuances. Now, Lord, show us us in you. 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 Show us us. Lord, show us us. That sounds funny, but Lord, show us us in you. <laughs> Sorry. The plane of Dura. Where's Paul? They're still there. Paul. Okay. But they're going to do that, please. Okay. So the plane of Dura in the province of Babylon. Where it is said in Babylon. I wish I had enough time to explain this. You know, it's talk about Babylon the system. It was the Babylon the city. But every other city that is not the city of Zion is Babylon. The only two cities on earth. Only two, Zion and Babylon. Every other city is under the influence of those two cities. Right? And those two cities have spiritual significance. Jerusalem is described as a woman. Babylon is described as a woman. Because the father is the husband to Jerusalem. The father is the male. Jerusalem is the female. The devil is the male. Babylon is the female. They take their seed from source and they reproduce after the kind of the seeds, the seed giver. 
Let me explain something about some of you. Some of you don't know how wise you're becoming just by being exposed to this level of revelation and teaching. It's until you begin to teach and to task yourself and to minister and to serve and to grow. That's why you know that. Ah, I've been kept in word. I don't know when I'll finish this, but it's a lot. But I don't want to go too much further. But read the whole of chapter 3. He said they should bow. How should they bow? So he was commanded verse 4. All peoples, nations, languages, that as at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flutes, harp, lion, horses, tibble, and all kinds of music, you shall do what? Shall fall down. You shall fall down. So what you hear, can either cause you to bow before God or fall down before the devil. Fall down. And what do you worship? So worship the gold image. The enemy invests gold in his image. Gold. So when people of the world look at the concert, when they're doing their concerts, they go all out. When believers are doing concerts, well, thank God for many churches now that begin to rise up to so we will be like, eh, must we really do this? Must we? The enemy invests gold in its image, guys. From Egypt to Babylon, that's why in Egypt, they said, go and collect all their gold. Go and collect the gold. That gold will use it to build censors for me in my temple. Because the gold belongs to me. The gold belongs to me. Don't use my stuff against me. So gold image. And you go see gold image, gold image, gold image. You see over and over and over, all through. Now, don't forget, we're talking about, let me now move to the audience again. So, the point of the power play is we're trying to pander to what we think people would like, like politicians. So, if back then it was PDP that was running, we're going to join PDP. But when it's now LUP 71, LUP 77, LUP, people now pop to. As if people just moved to LP in the last couple of months or so. That's the way many believers are, even with churches sometimes, sometimes with mentors. So you just listen to a man of God preach a message so powerful. Got a word for you right in the middle of the message. Then listen to two or three more messages by them. I said, That's my real father. That's my someone that whose personal life you have no idea of. He said, That's my real father in the faith. He's he's my real father. Okay. Gold image, gold image, gold image. Colossians 1, and then I'll go to Revelation. Colossians 1, see what it says. Colossians 1, verse 15. Study this. He, verse 13, he has delivered us from power of darkness and converted us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of sins. He has, watch this, He is rather the image of the invisible God. So even Jesus is an image. But not just an image, is the image. So when the devil is going to fight you, the devil is not going to be like, oh, I'm going to use a shadow to find an image. No. What he always wants to do is that he's going to raise up another image to find the image of God in your heart. He raise up an image of gold and he will set it on the platform. Listen, you can have images of gold on a plane. 
What is the plane? A plane is a stable ground. A plane is a place that looks good, looks like it has integrity, looks like it's righteous. It's a plane. However, an image of gold can be on a plain ground. He says that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things, all problems, all uh, power, all potentates, the creator that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities of powers, all things were created through him. And for him, and he's before all things, and in all things consist, and he's the head of the church, the, of the body, the church who is beginning the first one from dead, then all things in the appointments. Final one, Revelation chapter 5. I, I can't keep track of the time. But do you get it? The point there is it's about images. Everything is synthetic, and everything will see when you are not performing for the audience of one, what's that one there? That one is Jesus Christ is God revealed in Christ. When you're not performing for the audience of one, you'll get very political. <laughs> and with politics come divisions. Because politics always comes with divisions. God's assignment calls to unify, to build, not to divide. Dictators divide to conquer. Believers should unite to extend the influence of God. The divide to conquer are other believers, dictators. Revelation 5. Uh, I read part of this on Sunday. We'll see. Reading Samuel chapter 9. Every tribe and tongue and even the nation will stand. May us kings and priests who are God shall win on the earth. Verse 11. Loot, I heard, I saw the throne, all of that. What is the Lamb? Verse 12. Say with a loud voice, What is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing? Verse 13. I want to be sure here. Verse 13. That one verse 13. That's it. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And such as are in the sea, including the fish we spoke about on Sunday, and all that are in them, I heard saying, what did I hear saying? Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power, be to him who sits on the throne, and to the land forever and ever and ever. Now, what's the implication of that? There is no one who sits on the throne. The believer's assignment is not to try to build himself a throne. The believer's assignment is to bow before the one who sits on the throne. And that one will set the believer on his own throne. How do I know? Because the word says that he sets the poor upon the throne. He lifts the poor out of the dungeon and he sets them to sit upon thrones with princes. First Samuel 2 verse 8. He raises the poor. He raises the poor. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap 
to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. So God knows that your wife is the throne. The desire you have for fame, for influence, for recognition, for authority, for authorization, for power, capacity. That desire he gave it to you. The thing the enemy tampered with was the intent, the motive. Reason. That's why don't forget, in tempting Eve, he didn't just say, eat of the fruit of the garden because it's good. He said, because God knows in the day he told me he shall be as wise as he is, he was messing up with our intent. The desire was legitimate, the intent was wrong. And the intent made him inmates. <laughs> Understand this, then we can then begin to build platforms that are pointing to one. That's the way we can find it easy to celebrate everybody. Celebrate Tifet when she does well. China is well. There's something great in her life. He's well when he's making progress. Benedict. That's what can happen because we're servicing the audience of one. And we won't pretend that we don't know that somebody has something good going for them. I won't pretend that we don't know that somebody. Right? I'm not saying everyone that does not recognize you is pretending. People are busy, sincerely. Right? People don't even understand things are happening in their life. <laughs> so, again, once you're an audience of one, you're not quick to begin to judge. You're not quick to begin to curse out. You're not quick to begin to feel bad that this person was called and I was not called. That this person was lifted and I was not lifted. That this person was whatever, and I was not whatever, right? We begin to mature in that revelation. We begin to thrive and flourish in in the purposes of God, right? These are the realities that we must embrace. They are the realities that we must hold into, the realities that must guide us that I'm bringing pleasure to the audience of one. And how do I do it? Faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to pleasure God. It's impossible to impress God and beyond impressing Him to be a contributor to the ongoing pleasure of the divine. Are we understanding that? All right. Pretty rushed and condensed tonight. But I know that somebody got something. What should you do from today? First of all, I would recommend that you work really hard on your heart and go back and say, where are the cos cosmetic areas in my life? The moment you were born, the moment you began to hear things, the moment you couldn't interpret immediately, you were being quoted with layer, 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 layers, powder, blush, wisdom. You, you were being quoted. You were being quoted. All of us are wearing layers. And those of us who are, who are considered authentic or considered organic are those who have worked the hardest on stripping themselves. So let me tell you what, when you strip yourself, God is going to clothe you. And I'll tell you why. I'm not saying you want to strip yourself every well. I'm saying strip yourself before God first. God will clothe you. You know what? Do you know that Jesus died on the cross and was naked, right? And then they carried his body and took him into into the tomb. He rose up on the third day. Can I ask you something? The Bible says that he came out of the grave. Who gave him clothes to wear out of the grave? Who? It's simple. The one who can give you a new body cannot give you new clothes. 
giving preserve the message right now. Don't give a preach another message right now. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, want something. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for your mighty power and your mighty hand upon our lives. Thank you for guiding us through tonight, sharing with us, pouring grace upon our hearts. We just bless you and love you and honor you for the graciousness of your spirit. Lord, we ask that you take the seeds of this word. You plant them deeply in the layers of our hearts and you cause them to germinate and cause them to fructify and to bring forth transformation in tangible ways that those of us who know ourselves here will see the changes and those who don't even gather with us often enough who know us, those of us at work and online and one-to-one interactions once in a while, they begin to see the precious fruits of transformation in our lives. We give you praise, our Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. And send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.